Hi, I'm Jessica, and when I'm not drinking all the coffee, watching Razorback sports, or hanging out with my family of boys, it's my passion to help elementary music teachers just like you find your unique teaching style. My goal with this podcast is to share helpful tips, strategies, and to give you the motivation you need to gain momentum in your teaching so you can continue being the music teacher rock star you already are. Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. Today is all about setting up your music classroom. Now, I realize at the time of recording this episode, it is August, and so a lot of you have already set up your classroom. But I believe that even if you are going strong and you already have students coming in your classroom or you're listening to this episode later in the school year, you can always switch things up as you go if things are not working the way you want them to in your music classroom. And on top of that, maybe you can just rethink some things for next school year if you don't like the way your classroom is set up right now. But even if you do like the way your classroom set up, first of all, awesome. That is a huge weight off your shoulders. I know that. And I, of course, want you to like the way your classroom is set up. But even if you like the way your classroom is set up, then maybe you'll just get even one action step from this episode that you can implement even as the school year is going on. So I want to mention that there is a blog post that goes along with this episode called How to Set Up Your Music Classroom for Maximum Effectiveness. Wow, that was a long blog post title when I wrote this. <laughs> Anyways, so you can just head to the domesticmusician.com and you can pretty much just type in setting up your classroom and you'll see that blog post come up or it will be in the show notes. So without further ado, I know you're all on the edge of your seats waiting for me to start talking about today's episode. <laughs> if not, I'm going to start talking anyways. So let's talk about setting up your classroom. The first thing I want to say is I know each and every one of you listening to this episode has a different type of classroom. There may be some of you listening who don't have a classroom, some of you who travel between schools, some of you who have a classroom the size of a closet, some of you who have a classroom. I have met music teachers who are teaching in a previous shop. Um, is that what you call it? Shop, you know, where they do woodworking. I don't even know if that's what it's called anymore. Um, some of you teaching in a former band room, some of you teaching in the leftover classroom and you had to, you know, take hours and hours to clean whatever was in there out. Some of you teaching like I did in a previous drama room and you have cabinets full of costumes and clothing and stuff. And anyways, no matter what your situation looks like, I'm hoping these ideas will help you out, okay? So the first thing is, let's talk about setting up your classroom. In a typical classroom, let's talk about the things you might have, okay? You're going to need a desk. Now, like I said, if you are traveling from school to school or teaching on a cart, you may not have a desk. But for those of you listening who have a desk, you're going to have some kind of desk in your room. You You may have chairs in your classroom, uh, you might have a rug, risers if you want to have those in your classroom, and then a variety of instruments. We'll, we'll talk about those more in a little bit. You also might have some kind of books where teaching resources for you, books you read to your student. You may have some kind of student books that you still enjoy using with curriculum. You might have a smart board or other kind of technology you use at the front of your classroom. And you may have student computers or even tablets, iPads. Those are the typical kinds of stuff that you might have in your classroom, 
Okay. So with all that said, how do you know how to set it up? You walk in, you might have all this stuff, you might have purchased some things, and then you're just kind of standing there looking at in your classroom like, okay, but what do I do with it all? Where do I put my things? Trial and error is how I figured out how to best set up my classroom. It took a, it took a, you know, a little bit of time. But that is the first thing I want to say is try something. You know the shape of your classroom. You might have an awkwardly shaped classroom. You might try risers and then decide you hate them. You might decide you don't want chairs and then you just want to use them just for, you know, the drums and maybe to have the kiddos sit to sing in the in a choir if you have like an after school choir type situation. But maybe like a, what I'm getting at is you want to try different things to see what works. I know for me, I had chairs at first, then I didn't want them. I had risers and then I didn't want them. I ended up just keeping them on the gym stage for when we had programs and had the kids practice in the classroom on tape. Um, the, why is my brain not working today? The white tape, <laughs> duct tape maybe, um, where or masking tape, that's the word I'm looking for, where they would stand on the lines pretending those are riser rows and we'd practice getting on and off that way. I ended up just going with having them sit on the floor. That was what was easier for me to get up, down, moving around, having the kids play instruments, putting them back where they go. I felt like chairs were too distracting. Kids would scoot them around. They would constantly be tapping on them and the chairs would constantly be moved, you know, where you didn't want them to be. So, but what I'm trying to get at, that was a long rant, sorry, is do what works for you. And it's trial and error. And yes, I'm going to give you some what works for me. But I want you to do, if you just set it up, you have to start somewhere and set up your classroom. And then if you decide this is not working or I do not like this, it's not set in stone. So you can always change it up. All right. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the front of your classroom first. So the front of your classroom is obviously where you're going to have some kind of music stand or cart to keep your teaching materials on. What I enjoy using a music stand. It's just I felt like it was plenty of space to keep my, you know, lesson plans on, any books I'm using. And then also behind me, I had like a little shelf and I would keep, you know, okay, I need this book for first grade. And I put it back and then fifth grade came in. Okay, I need this teaching resource. Because as you know, they don't come in order from kinder first, second, third, fourth, fifth. They don't do that. The schedule is always weird. And so you got to kind of have somewhere to put the teaching materials so you can get the other teaching materials ready to go for the next group. Um, but whatever you want to keep your teaching resources and materials and lesson plans on at the front of the room, I would suggest some kind of music stand, podium, shelf, cart, whatever you would like to use is perfectly fine. And then also at the front of the room, that is where, you know, you're going to have your smart board, or maybe you just still have a dry erase board, which I had that for years, and that's all I used. Uh, that's also where you're going to have any visual aids. For instance, any kind of vocal warm ups, maybe it is some posters that you made and you, you know, you have them at the front of the room just ready to go right there. Any kind of visual aids you're using where you're holding them up for your students, you know, when you're working on the four voices with kindergarteners, then you have that right there ready to go. And of course, that can rotate as well as your teaching resources. Any kind of visual aids you're going to be using, you need to keep those at the front of the room as well. Bulletin boards are, for me, I like to have bulletin boards at the front of the classroom. 
and it's up to you what they look like, what bulletin boards they are. And it's also up to you if you change them out as the year goes on. But when you have bulletin boards in the back of the classroom, and I'm going to talk about what I like to put on the walls in the back of the classroom, but your students don't see them as much. And if you need to refer to something as you're teaching, you know, like, hey, we're talking about tempo, look up here. You don't want all the kids to turn around because, you know, they're, they're going to get distracted. And so any kind of bulletin boards you want, keep it at the front of the room. And maybe you don't have any bulletin boards per se, then you can kind of create your own just on the wall. And if your school doesn't allow you to hang things on the wall, then just get creative with it. Just have some kind of visual something in the front of your classroom so your kids can see um, and refer to things on the wall, as well as procedures. Have those posted at the front of the room. Maybe it's posted right by a door. And so when they're leaving, they can see them. They can read them as they're leaving the room. And then, so let's talk about some bulletin boards. Uh, Anything that, you know, pertains to music theory, whether it's tempo, dynamics, any kind of melodic scale, solfege patterns, any kind of melodic movement, like steps, skips, repeats, any kind of rhythms you want your kiddos to know, anything along those lines that you want to be able to have your students visually be able to quickly see, have those at the front of the room. Now, I'm not going to go into where to buy resources and what, you know, exactly to get. That's up to you. It's up to your teaching style, your personality, how you like to decorate your room. Um, Or if you want to just keep it simple and make your own, that's totally fine as well. We also talked about keeping procedures at the front of your room so they're easy to see and you can easily point at them and they're easy to refer to. Your visual learners in your classroom will thank you so much for that. And also... Um, along with bulletin boards, maybe you have a couple motivational posters up there. But those are what I was talking about when I said I like to keep things in the back of the room. Those are something I like to keep in the back of the room because a lot of times when your students are rotating or they are doing centers, then you have these posters just kind of laid out with, um, you know, motivational quotes or things like that to keep the kids motivated as the year goes on. And I did another episode about my favorite motivational quotes for the music room. And there's a blog post about that as well. But at the front of the room, another bulletin board I like to keep is composer of the month or culture of the month or both. And that way you can change that up each month where whatever composer you're working on or culture of the month you're working on, you can have a map so you can easily refer to where the composer came from and where that culture of the month that you're working on is located. Any kind of, you know, pictures of that composer, what kind of food that culture likes to eat, how they like to dress, um, any kind of songs you want to hang up there, you know, any instruments that you want to put on the bulletin board, any kind of things like that. Those are bulletin boards that you can rotate, but keeping them at the front of the room so the kids can easily refer to them. And like I said, if you don't have space in the front of your classroom to put all these things I'm referring to, that's totally fine. Remember, this episode is just about giving you examples so you can use any of the examples I'm giving in your classroom. All right, so let's talk about the back of the room. Now, I already talked about keeping motivational posters, which they don't have to just go in the back of the classroom, but those can go anywhere in your classroom as well. Um, Another good thing to keep in the back of the room is your desk. This is where I like to keep my desk as far in the back as I can. That way, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. The kids aren't distracted. They're not touching everything on your desk as they leave the classroom. You, a lot of times, will have your computer facing away from where the students can see the screen. Um, 
yeah, and just try to have it in the back of the room so you can get to it. You can have a workspace and that is your own area. And the students know, I do not touch this. This is not my area. And it's in the back of the room for a reason. And go over that when you go over procedures. Now, I'm saying this because, um, you know, if you have your desk at the front of the room or you have a limited amount of space and you only can keep it in the front of the room, that's fine too. But the goal is to get as much of your music classroom, have as much of it, you know, space in your classroom that is able to be explored in and moved in and that the kids can create music in. So you don't want a lot of things like your your big desk interfering with that. Um, also in the back of the room is if you do have risers, try to keep them close to the back wall as you can. And that way you still have space in your room to explore as well. And then instruments, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But the big instruments Try to, like, I'm talking about the big drums and your metallophones and your xylophones. Try to keep those at the back of the classroom as well, unless you're pulling them out that day to work with. But when your students are not playing them or maybe they're not in your lesson plans for that day, try to keep them towards the back of the classroom so they're out of the way. So you have that open space to do folk dances and creative movement with your students. Okay, so I hope that helps with how to know where to put what. Now, let's talk about some other things. So if you do have iPads, then you can maybe like the side of your classroom. That's where maybe you have some storage for that. Keep it on the side so it's easily accessible. Maybe you have another wall on the side where that is where you're wanting to put any of your um, what did I learn today kind of note cards where the kids can post what they learned that day on the wall or kind of music vocabulary where you can have it up there like a word wall. So maybe if you're going over different kind of vocabulary in, you know, you're teaching different objectives, you can have different words up there that the kiddos are working on and then change it out as the year goes on as well. You can also have some kind of wall where it says, what did I learn today? And instead of just writing out the objectives, which you all know, they're very, very long, you can just keep one word or a short sentence up there about what they're learning that day or that week or that for a few weeks of the nine weeks. Keep it up there so you can refer to it as well. Um, okay, let's go ahead and talk about the instruments. So with your instruments, you're going to have large instruments and small instruments, right? Well, we talked about with your larger instruments, try to set them by a wall so they're out of the way. If you don't want to keep them in by the back wall, that's fine. You can keep them by the side of your classroom um, on a side wall and just so they're kind of by a wall until they're ready to be used. Now, if your personality is where you want to keep the drums, keep chairs there so the kids can constantly go to them and rotate to them when you're doing an activity with the drums, that's totally fine. If you would like to keep them pulled out from the wall a little bit. If you want to keep the xylophone set up all your school year long and you have a large classroom where you're able to do that, and that's totally fine as well. I'm mainly giving advice for anybody, you know, I'm thinking about those teachers that have a smaller classroom or don't have one of those large classrooms where you can keep the instruments just set up all year long. Then if you can't, then just keep them put at the back of the classroom and pull them out as needed. Same thing with smaller instruments. If your classroom already has built-in shelves, that's awesome. But if not, you can buy some pretty inexpensive ones and you can put, uh, you know, buy some little small plastic bins to keep the smaller instruments in, you know, rhythm sticks, the guiros, the sand blocks, you know, on and on and on and keep them in these smaller 
bins and then keep them on the shelf as they're ready to use. Any books that you're going to be reading to your students as the school year goes on, that can also go over there on the same shelf maybe where the instruments are. So they're all over there where you're ready to just pull from it. Or by your desk, you're going to maybe have some shelving where you're keeping your teaching resources and then also keep any books you're going to read to your students as well on that shelf too. It, that is completely up to you. Where do you want to put the books that you're going to be reading to your kiddos as the school year goes on? All right, so let's go ahead and move to your teaching materials. Now, I just mentioned keeping them by your desk is ideal. That way, when you're planning your lessons, you're able to pull from that shelf or wherever you're keeping your teaching resources and pull from it and put it on your desk and do some planning. And that way you can also organize, what do I need to put up here while I'm teaching for this week? And then you can pull from your shelf, put those teaching resources at the front of your classroom like we talked about at the beginning of the episode and pull from those teaching resources as you need them. So let's go over some other ideas. Now, I get asked a lot about boom whacker and recorder storage. This is something that is a complete personal opinion, but for recorders, there are those dishwasher racks that I wish I could show you a picture on a podcast episode, but where, you know, the, the prongs, is that the word I'm looking for, go up. And those are amazing to put recorders on. There's also those little boxes that you get at a teaching store or Walmart or wherever, actually, they have little tiny, you know, compartments and the recorders will just slide right in. And like, they're, they kind of look like little mailboxes was what I'm trying to say. I hope that makes sense. But basically, they just have a lot of different slots where you can slide recorders in and label your recorders by numbers. So for boom whackers, basically, it's up to how organized you want to be. I've seen classrooms do this in so many different ways. You could simply just buy a laundry basket. I know that sounds really, you know, I don't know. But anyways, just buy a laundry basket and put them in there. You can also have, you know, some kind of box just to put them in so the kids can easily grab them. I've seen so many different ideas for teachers just storing them on their walls with some kind of holder to keep them on the, on the walls like that. Um, however you want to, honestly, you guys, however you want to store the instruments is completely up to you, but just come up with a plan and just go with it. You know, just find storage that you want to use that you, like I said, you know, your classroom, you know, how much space you have, you know, how much storage you need. And so you know what you need to buy. Um, but yeah, go just research different classrooms on Instagram or Pinterest, and you'll find so many different ideas for how to store instruments. The other thing I wanted to mention was seating. We talked about risers and chairs, but like I said, I like students to sit on the floor. So there are different ideas for this. You could simply mark spots with tape and put numbers on the tape and have the students go to their number. You could use sit spots. You could get carpet samples from a carpet store that give them out for free and have the kids get a carpet and sit on that. You could get a rug and the students know which area of the rug they sit on. However you decide to do that is completely up to you. I've even known teachers, and this is what I did when I had absolutely nothing to work with, that just used the floor. If you have a tile floor, guess what? You could label the floor with some you know, tape that can come up easily with some numbers on that tile floor and each student gets a square. Keep it simple. 
you're going to see classrooms that are super fancy and have all the things and, you know, so creative. And then you're going to see the simplest of classrooms. But you guys need to remember that the main goal here is to teach music. And don't compare yourself to other teachers because that's huge. These teachers that you see that have their classrooms decorated, they probably spent years and years building up their classroom and buying what they needed to decorate. And it's okay if yours does not look like someone else's because, like I said, the main goal is for you to teach music. And you can do that effectively whether your classroom has 807 bulletin boards or not. All right? So I hope you found this episode helpful. And that if you are thinking of new ways to decorate your classroom, remember, just keep it simple. The main goal is to teach your kids music and you got this. Have an amazing week and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, I would love for you to review the show and leave a rating on iTunes. To find out more about how I can help you gain momentum in your elementary music teaching career, head to thedomesticmusician.com where you'll find free downloads, courses, the blog, and so much more. Continue teaching music and never doubt the impact you're making each and every day in the lives of your students.